Welcome to the Natters That Matter podcast. This is a student project podcast produced by um, MCAST, Institute for the Creative Arts, and sponsored by CMYK. Um, if the sound does not sound smooth, this is because we live in COVID times and we are recording this on Zoom. Today I'll be speaking to Marvik Monreal and Nicola Said about the opera sector in the performing arts industry. Hello and good afternoon. How are you? Hello. Hi. Good afternoon. <laughs> We're good, thank you. Good. <laughs> good, I'm okay, thank you. Um, before we get into the nitty-gritty, we'll just start off with easy questions. Um, so let's start with you, Nick. How did you start out in opera and what or who inspired you? So I always um, loved to sing and um, I actually started out singing um, lighter things like uh, Sarah Brightman and Kate Bush. And then my uh, my teacher at the time, Gillian Zamit, uh, she's a soprano in Malta, everyone, you know, everyone knows Gillian. She, uh, she inspired me. She gave me my first aria, actually, um, which was Una Donna a Quindici Anni. Okay. By Mozart. And um, yes, and uh, she, you know, she told me, oh, you should, you know, you should look into this, you should try it out. Um, she encouraged me to audition for for the Ian Tomlin uh, scholarship um, at Napier University. And uh, sure, sure, you know, sure enough, I got through. And my first, actually, my first um, real opera role was Olymp Olympia um, from the Tales of Hoffman at California State University, Long Beach in 2010. So, yeah, okay. it was just onward from there, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, what about you, Marvik? How did you start out? I, I never, I don't know, I never thought I'm gonna be an opera singer like it never occurred to me mm -hmm. but as a child I was always musical and always you know took part in musicals and stuff like that um but never thought it would be my profession and you know my, my life full time mm -hmm. um and then I discovered the junior college orchestra um, and I think that was, I was sort of 15 and I, I think that was the first time where I was like, oh, like there are, you know, sort of kids my age who sort of enjoyed this. I was like, hmm. exactly. um, so it's like I discovered, you know, a family and, and, you know, we traveled to Italy and, um, and France and, and that was the first time I was introduced myself to, to classical music. But I, I used to go with my dad as well. He used to play in the, um, with the Paula band at the time. And that's okay. where I actually started singing. Oh. Um, so I used to, you know, I remember most of the MPOs people now, like really, really young, you know, our mm -hmm. age. I was like, I don't know, six, eight. Um, so, you know, Sigmund, Kevin Abella, they know me all very, very young. Um, um, so I think I, I always, you know, I was always involved, but not mm -hmm. exactly. But then through the junior college orchestra, I was like, okay, so classical music and you know I was we were I met Christine Barbara at the time and she was like hey like you should you know you should uh, take this a bit more seriously and I went to Gillian okay and then you know Gillian same she was like well you know if you want to do this properly like mm -hmm. you need to leave now and that's basically mm -hmm. she kicked me out of Malta because <laughs> um, if it wasn't for her I probably wouldn't have left you know mm -hmm. And so, I heard, I might be wrong, you had applied abroad as a, you were transitioning, I believe, between a soprano and a mezzo. Yeah. And the school yeah, you had I applied, applied as a, said, as a mezzo will take you in. 
Yes, I applied everywhere for an undergrad as a soprano. And, you know, we always had a question mark, like, mm-hmm. Jivin and I, if I'm, yeah. if I'm meds or, and at that age, you don't really, you can't really tell. That's it. Um, so, so I applied for an undergrad as a soprano everywhere. And then the, that's how I ended up at the Royal Academy of Music, because they were sort of the only ones which were flexible as to well. say, okay, then, like, we don't think you're a soprano, you're a mezzo. So they sort of changed my application. And I did the master's instead of the undergrad, because okay. I would have been a bit older if I was you know 22 starting with the 18 year olds so mm-hmm. um oh my god mm-hmm. um so training abroad we'll start with we'll start with Marvik now so you went to Royal Academy of Music how did they how is and you did a master so that's a year or is that two years two years of masters and then two years of opera course okay so and how is the training it. broken down uh-huh. So the first year was sort of um, a general a general course. So we had lead, we had Italian dressed, we had drama movement, opera scenes, and all that um, language coachings, obviously. And then I think, because I, I I forget very easily, I think the <laughs> second year was called prep opera. Okay. And. As always, I had I had no idea. I'm so oblivious. I'm like, hmm, what is? I I was not gonna apply. Mm-hmm. And then the, at the time, the head of it was like, Hey, Marvik, you you're gonna apply for prep opera. I'm like prep opera was this. <laughs> and anyway, I applied. And basically, the second year was less, um, not less, was no song, which you know is is not great. Now I prefer if I had everything properly, mm-hmm. but it was a preparation. So it was more focused on opera for the opera course later. So it's like okay. if you go through prep opera, you have more chance to make it in the opera course. Okay. So I did that in the second year. It was more focused on opera mm-hmm. opera. Okay. And Nick, you went to, I believe I might be mistaken, Guildhall Opera course, yes? I went to Guildhall School of Music and Drama, yeah, yeah. Okay. I did two years of masters, so that was mm-hmm. a masters in performance, which actually consists of a masters of music and a masters in performance. Okay. Um, uh, you just get one certificate at the end because you know um, the way that's the way it works, and you do lots of song classes, um, and uh, you know, as Marvik said, it's the same thing. You work on English, French, German song, Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I doing something out Italian yeah <laughs> and then we have concerts and we actually had even in our in our um, masters we put on small um, stage stage scenes mm-hmm. uh, and then at the end of the masters m- many people auditioned for the opera course and um, uh, I was accepted onto that and uh, that was amazing because I mean basically the first year we do um, really intensive opera scenes um, okay. and you know they they leave uh, Guildhall um, choose a very small selection of singers mm-hmm. because they like to give roles to every to every singer and they actually cater their operas for the singers exactly. that they have yes uh, and in the second year we put on um, fully staged operas okay and we did three three operas in, mm-hmm. in the second year uh, and I had two two main roles in in two of them, so okay. that was really nice. and a, and a fairly you know nice little role in the 
in the other one. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, no, it's really great. And uh, we have repetitor, you know, coachings. Mm -hmm. um, we still work on, on everything. We continue to work on everything. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. But, yes, the focus is more opera. As that. Um, so one thing I want to focus on as well through the podcast is I feel like people see so the glam, the beautiful voices, the beautiful repertoire, but sometimes I feel like people might not understand what goes on behind the scenes. Um, so let's start with uh, you, Nick. Um, so what are the struggles you find as an opera singer? I think definitely the... Um... The reality is that it's really difficult being away from home for long mm -hmm. periods of time. Uh, I think it's like a muscle. You build a muscle to getting, you know, to not to not feeling, to not missing home so much. Okay. And uh, financial struggles. I mean, that's a really, I, you know, we all know there isn't a lot of money in the arts. Um, opera is no different. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, most of the singers end up doing other kinds of jobs to, to yeah. make ends meet. Um, and that's, that's just, yeah, that, that is probably the, the biggest struggle I would, I would say. Okay. And what about you, Marvik? Yes, I think, especially right now, um, mostly the biggest thing would be financially, you know, that, that, that's probably the, the biggest problem in general. Um, and then also the other thing, you know, actually, filtering through the system actually going you know up the scale little mm -hmm. by little you know yeah. it takes time it you know it, it doesn't leave you know the the, the career is is a very long process so the mm -hmm. fruits come very very later you know so unless you have you know all the family support all the you know it's it's very hard to actually keep going for sure especially right now you know um, Nick, you mentioned traveling. How do you, how do you, um, as opera singers, handle the stress of of traveling from one country to the next? Always having like a luggage basically ready to go, and having, I guess, a certain amount of like a, a set of like repertoire to to basically sing on a day's notice. Like, how do you handle that? That who knows. Literally, is that literally? I have sometimes not unpacked my suitcase from one travel to the other, especially like the small travels. If you have, you know, every weekend yeah. you have an audition, you have that suitcase that you travel with, that small one, packed with all the main things literally. that you need for a day or two, and you. That's the that. best, actually. Yes. When and they are together, because you don't unpack. And you know exactly <laughs> what you're taking with the liquids and everything that you can take right. in the little <laughs> transparent bag. I, I must have spent literally six months living out of a transparent bag of makeup. <laughs> I'm never emptying it. Oh, you know. I know. When you see when you see people's like makeup palettes and like lipsticks oh, and you're like, mm, <laughs> never gonna happen. No. No. <laughs> the essentials. Yeah. Sorry, oh my god forget, that is amazing <laughs> but um actually they i don't know Mark, you remember they changed the regulations and they they the of the of the weight and the size like a year before covid it became a nightmare oh because they made them much smaller yeah. and basically you can't travel with a backpack and a small suitcase you have to choose yes. one and the suitcase is like, dry in it. 
literally I started traveling with just a backpack and all yeah. I did was carry my audition shoes my audition dress um and maybe a little snack and my music and then I just wore the same clothes every day <laughs> Because mm. I want you yeah. to carry across That's the city a big suitcase all the time. Yeah, yeah. or or you you'd have to pay for the extra bag then. Right. I've had many, I've had many arguments at the airports. <laughs> many, <laughs> honestly, yeah. like oh my god. <laughs> or, or else I've worn like many layers. Like, you know, I'll wear, yes. I'll wear more clothes. And play the I really feel cold card, yes. <laughs> yeah. Everything, honestly. Amazing. Um, so now we'll get, like, slowly get into, like, the nitty-gritty things. So, for example, um, Life of an Opera Singer, you're probably, like, booked months or years in advance how how does that work like how do you know or no okay from your actions i'm getting like i know <laughs> i mean if if you know ideally yes <laughs> if the okay. world knows what they're what it's doing and you know covid wasn't here and yeah. yes i mean you you would be booked so much in advance you know when when you're you probably like for example me i don't have an agent yet so it's not that much in advance. I mean, mm -hmm. so you, I don't know, maybe you'll know for like, right now it's like maybe a year, like even less. Mm -hmm. um, so, and they plan, you know, not, not always. They plan them, yeah, sometimes even one, one year in advance. Okay. Oh, yes, usually. Yeah. The, the opera for, houses. Yeah, exactly. For uh, their it cost. depends what company you're working with, right, Marv? And, and yes. Who yeah, yeah. Who I mean, they try, they tried, especially right now. I think they started mm -hmm. to think ahead a bit with maybe the next year costing like until like two years. Um, but, okay. Um, yeah. But sometimes they can be seriously really last minute. You can be either asked to jump in okay. um, or, um, you know, a month. Uh, oh, can you do this in a month, next month? Okay, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. You know, um, just know, really. And how, let's start with you, Marvik. How do, how are, how do you work on your contracts? Do you have like a standard or does it then depend um, on maybe which opera house is hiring your company? Yes, totally. It all depends, especially, you know, we can't ignore the situation right now. Um, every every company has its own method, every company has its own budget. So it all, de again, depends if you have an agent or not. Sometimes, ideally, it's easier for to have an agent to deal with, with the contract for you. But if you don't, then I have to you know, right now I, I deal with contracts myself, mm -hmm. but no, it's, it's, it's very different from, from, you know, countries or opera houses or summer festivals vary as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, they're quite different. Okay. And how about you, Nick? Yes. I mean, it's, it's the same. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I get asked to do things within a month sometimes. Uh, it depends if they're, uh, if they have auditions, um, sometimes the auditions are a whole year in advance. Sometimes they have open auditions, general auditions. So the open auditions, they want to hear a lot of people and they open it up. And then there are general general auditions. Those are usually similar. And they you can hear, they hear a range of repertoire. And then 
uh, sometimes they want to hear for specific roles um, and characters. So they ask for specific arias. Um, sometimes they call you for a second audition after a general, and then that's when you have to bring the more specific arias. I have, I, I just, I mean, I, I've almost been a year now with my agent and I started with him in, in during COVID actually. So it's a new process for mm -hmm. me working with an agent and, um, he has some auditions lined up, but we're, we're very aware, you know, once COVID, once COVID passes or when not passes or whatever, we work within it, mm -hmm. um, I'll have auditions, but um, we're very aware that these are likely to be, you know, for the next two years, three mm -hmm. years, because uh, especially right now, companies are more going to cast on people they know and not have too many auditions yeah. because that's always yeah. a risk, isn't it? And local singers, you know, the, the more local singers they work you know it's safer exactly mm -hmm. and it makes sense because they had to cancel a lot of contracts for singers they were previously mm -hmm. you know contracted mm -hmm. to so they want to use those same yeah. singers and now it's also it also might look like obviously if you've actually been vaccinated you you know you'd get a contract a bit easier <laughs> than someone who wouldn't have exactly. the vaccination which is you know not exactly fair no. but but it's yeah. and and now with COVID and pandemic and whatnot, do you send in self tapes? Is that a thing, or do they still opt for live auditions? Um, yes, yes, I go for it, Nick. Um, well, it just depends. I think for competitions, there seems to be this trend. There's always been a thing where you send recordings first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You come so that hasn't changed too much and um, there are some competitions where they're basing them upon um you know winning basing upon either um, videos or live kind of streamed uh um, performances so online still mm -hmm. um and as for companies i'm not really sure i don't think they're casting from videos i know my agent is using videos to um, get people to hear me live but mm -hmm. I don't think, uh, Marvik, I'm not sure you have a different experience. I don't, I, I, I don't think, I mean, the, the auditions live, the live auditions that I had were mostly all cancelled. Um, the opera houses basically, I think, stopped listening, stopped auditioning for, for some time. Okay. They were more for people they trust and people that worked with the company before. Um, but yes, um, you know, video recordings and sound recordings, you know, is the new thing. <laughs> as much as we all hate it, you know, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not great, you know. Sound, you know, the sound varies on on a recording on a video. It's not great. Mm -hmm. But it, it looks like how much money one can spend on it. Like there are people exactly. who can afford it. it, and there are people who just can't. Exactly, um, you know. And to rent, to rent a, to rent a place, to rent a pianist, to have a piano is not yes. as easy. To have a great so, pianist who knows the repertoire, you know, which that's you know, it. When, yeah. when you're in Malta, that's actually quite a difficult thing to find. That's it. Definitely. There are fantastic pianists, yes. but yes. not necessarily um, specialized in the repertoire mm -hmm. we need. Yep, absolutely. Um, 
so because we're nearing the end so i have two questions which i'm asking everyone um let's start with you marvik so if you could talk to your younger self um what are three mm -hmm. things you would tell them about starting out in the arts or opera i this is so tricky i should i should have i should have thought about this before um <laughs> <laughs> no i think i would have told myself because as i said i had no idea what i'm gonna get into um, I would have told myself that it's going to be way more sacrifice than actual, you know, <laughs> um, that you, you can't expect, which I still struggle with. I, I, I sort of expect to have a normal life mm -hmm. and you just can't have that, yeah, especially coming from Malta, you know, our like, oh, you know, we are so, society is so ingrained in us, like that, you know, by the age of that, you have to have that, you have to have a job, you have to have kids, you have to have a house. Like, there's no way that is going to happen. If you want to do this career, it's not going to happen yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but also, I think I would still, I would still tell myself to go for it because it yeah. gives you something which, I don't know, the people you meet, the, 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 the environment of it is is still very special yes you know? and what about you nick i mean i would have to agree with marvik um definitely don't expect <laughs> a normal life i i i agree mm -hmm. um i would tell myself me knowing me <laughs> mm -hmm. um stop worrying and just go for stuff yeah. because i held myself back so much because i was always worried about not being good enough and mm -hmm. not being perfect and not getting this note like as well as I can and mm -hmm. oh my god and it's just too much you can't you know it's, it's too much worrying about things and not you know less just doing mm -hmm. and less just going for it and exactly. um to keep an open mind um and tell myself basically I never knew you know you never know where this path is going to lead you to um, and to keep mm -hmm. an open mind about that I mean you know right now I'm I'm doing a PhD I never imagined I would be doing a PhD mm -hmm. um, you know COVID quiet oh well let's do something with my exactly. life right exactly. come out of this with a, with a doctorate and, yes and um Oh, and I really love this quote. I did write this down um, from The Handmaid's Tale, for those of you who know it. Um, Don't let the bastards grind you down. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, there and, is. <laughs> I just love it. And I try to remember that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And possibly this ties into what we were just saying. Any advice for upcoming opera singers? Uh, Nick, why don't you go ahead? Follow your heart, follow your dreams, if you think it's worth it and if you really believe in it. Yeah. And if you cannot, I always say, if you can't imagine yourself doing anything else, just go for it. Yep. With Absolutely. no regrets. Absolutely. And you, Marv? Yeah, same. I think I would say just listen to your gut feeling mm -hmm. but it's always usually it's always right yeah <laughs> that's that's you know that's all you you can you know trust mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> um thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with me i really appreciate it um 
I hope the listeners have found this episode useful and entertaining. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for the next episode where we'll be talking about the dance sector. Um, and thank you for tuning in. Bye.